Welcome to another episode of Team Anywhere, where CEOs, leaders, and experts at building teams, companies, organizations, and amazing cultures share how to lead from anywhere in the world. I'm your co-host on the East Coast, Judy Bianco Mathis. And I'm your co-host on the West Coast, Mitch Simon. And we invite you to join us to Team Anywhere. Diversity, equity, and inclusion is a commitment. It's a way of being and a way of leading. It's the continual commitment to make it safer, have better conversations, deeper conversations, and continually raise awareness of the different experience all of us are having. Today, Anne-Marie Schrouder, an expert on diversity, equity, and inclusion, shares with us how to make your organization more caring, more empathetic, and more inclusive as you team Anywhere. Welcome to another episode of Team Anywhere. I'm your co-host, Ginny Bianco Mathis on the East Coast, and I am here with my wonderful co-host, Mitch Simon, on the West Coast. And today we're excited to have a very distinguished guest, um, and I've been wanting to have her here for some time and also to attack this issue especially as we're looking at hybrid and virtual and what's happening in the world these days. And that person is Anne-Marie Schrouder, and she is going to talk to us today about uh, diversity and inclusion in today's environment. Uh, She's the author of Being Brown in a Black and White World, Keeps going. Conversations for leaders on race, racism, and belonging. All right. She has spent 20 years researching and working in this area. So she's gone through many different phases. And um, uh, she works with organizations in trying to um, create, sorry, healthy workplace communities Uh, with leaders and the teams and the people themselves. Welcome, Anne-Marie. Thank you so much. It's great to be here with both of you. Terrific. Welcome, Anne-Marie. It's always great to have Canadians on the podcast, Jenny. Oh, oh, all right, all right. However, Anne-Marie... Uh, oh, oh, and you are still in Canada, right? I am uh, still she in normally goes back and forth between Canada and Barbados. Well, so, yeah. Recently. Tough life. Not normally. Recently. Recently. Right, right. Recently. Okay, so let us begin where we, we usually begin with a lot of our um, interviews during this phase of um, the world of work, and that is a very tumultuous two years. Uh, what have you learned um, through this journey? Hmm. You know, my my biggest learning, I could say, I, I would, two things. One, how connected we all are, you know, and I, and at the beginning of the pandemic, I was really hoping that our understanding of our oneness and our connectedness would increase. I was really, I was hoping for that. And I think in some ways it has, but not, not as much as I thought it would for whatever reason. Um, the other thing that I've learned personally is that, you know, no surprise, we have very little control, you know, Ah. know that phrase, um, uh, humankind plans and God laughs. Have you? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's, I've had that tucked away in my mind for the last year because, because of COVID we made plans and then we couldn't. And, you know, we went, like you said, we went to Barbados, 
There was lockdown. We didn't expect that. There was a volcano in St. Vincent. We didn't expect that. Oh, we couldn't gosh. go back in person. We didn't expect that. We couldn't come home for a while. We, you know, so I think my my big personal learning has been just we have no control. We think we do. We yeah. like to think we do, but we really don't. And so I'm I'm learning at my in my older years to just go with it, right? Just lean in and see what the learning is all about and go with that. Love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And everyone is learning that. Some are fighting it. Yeah. <laughs> they, well, they're right. <laughs> right. Well, let's get into the area that you love and add so much value to. Um, you talk about organizations and people practicing DNI, and you influence or you emphasize the importance, not from a space of it's the right thing to do, but from a heart space yeah. uh, and making it real. Could, could you explain a little more about what you mean? Yeah, I can. Um, diversity and inclusion work that, uh, requires us to learn, right? We need to use our, our brain and our heads, but it, it requires us to connect. It requires mm-hmm. us to use our heart. We're 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 talking about understanding people better, getting to know each other more, using that awareness to create greater senses of belonging and greater connection and build community and organizations. And that's that's hard work. That's connection, um, compassion, empathy. You know, all of those skills are, are important parts of diversity and inclusion or diversity, equity and inclusion work. And that's a whole different dimension, right, than what I have learned in the past, well, distant past, uh, around, uh, you know, throw it over the fence. It's another program, mm. um, right? Going to the heart yeah, uh, actually then takes us to this, to the, my next question. Um, how has this whole hybrid virtual uh, coming mm. out of COVID affected the DNI mission and purpose, do you think? Yeah, I don't think it's affected the mission and purpose per se, um, but it's affected how we do it, right? Um, in many ways, um, being in a, in a hybrid space, having people work remotely, doing a lot of meetings on Zoom um, provides a layer of safety for some people, right? We're in our own environment. We can put ourselves on mute for a few minutes. We can turn off our video if we don't feel like, you know, showing up, quote unquote, today. Um in, in education, it allows people to, in some cases, lean into difficult conversations because of those things. We can exercise a little bit more self-care when we're in our own space, surrounded by things that make us feel comfortable, um, and the ability to turn off our video for a second if we're having a moment, or use the chat feature, right? Either to everybody or privately to the, to the facilitator, you know, and we can check in with people. I do a lot of um, education, educational modules around race and understanding systemic racism, I check in with, with my BIPOC folks, right? How are you doing? Right. You know, and, and we can put them in, you know, and you can put people in groups and, and not that you can't do that live. But I think in some case, in some ways, um, this remote learning allows us, the remoteness allows us to, to engage in a different way. And, and in some ways to engage in a more open way. You know, I think we can, I think we're having conversations over Zoom or over whatever platform that we're using that we may not be able to have in person in a room with somebody else Mm -hmm. because it's uncomfortable. We have a layer of removal now. 
And I don't love it because it's a layer of removal. Yes. But in some cases, to have challenging conversations, I think it, it can help if we use the technology, right? Sometimes we do things anonymously. So we ask people to write their questions or write their responses, but we don't know who's writing it because we oh, yes. it out. Um, so, so D and I, you know, the, the mission and purpose remains, but the execution of it, um, in that regard has been, has been helpful in some ways. Um, connecting people on the other hand is a little bit more, is sometimes a little and sometimes a lot more challenging when we're working, uh, remotely or when we have some people working remotely and some people not, because as you know, you can't stop by somebody's desk and see how they're doing, right? You can't say, Hey, let's go for lunch or let's have a coffee. We're in these little squares. <laughs> looking at each other yeah it's not a lot, right um and so companies have to work much harder at building community and creating connection among their employees so there's some some things i see as a benefit and some things that i see that is that's really really challenging and because i believe that connection is such an important part of um of dni work that's definitely created a bit of a challenge so you have to be more mindful, like you just said, the, talking about Zoom or any of these vehicles, it can be a barrier. Mm-hmm. And yet, with thought, it can Absolutely. actually enhance. Absolutely. There's lots of things we can do with thought, right, to help build connection, even over um, online an online platform. Yeah. You know, taking a few minutes at the beginning or ending of a, of a meeting for people to chat in small groups or, you know. Yeah. Um, oh no, for sure. Like for sure. Early, so, but and I also find having to role play some of that, or uh, if I had to talk to someone in an organization about a DNI issue, I, as you said, might see the screen as this nice barrier of protection in a way. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, it could be quite frightening because now I have to deal with just you and the real issue, mm-hmm. and I can't use all those other things I, pl- I play with when I'm face-to-face. That I ha- it's a- We have to come up. It's almost as if I can embrace it and make it work, or I have to find new places to hide. Yeah. Well, I, I, yeah. But let's get into the heart of this okay. in reality. Question, Jenny? I was just yeah. wondering, just wondering, Emery, what, what have you seen – um, you know, through Zoom or Teams or whatever, virtually, where companies are are addressing um, DNI and doing it in a really, uh, really uh, thoughtful way. So that, That's the next question. Man. Well, you know what? I, I want to ask it now. <laughs> I want some Let's examples. go there. Let's examples, because I because I bet a lot of companies say, "Oh, we've addressed it. It's it's you know we we we've, we've covered this," but I'm not sure if if um, you know, I would love to get your expertise on how to how to really um, how to make f- people feel included when um, they're not in the office anymore. Yeah. So I've seen um, I've seen companies do uh, socials online. I've seen companies do cooking classes together online. Somebody cooks and, and shares a recipe. They all hop on. So they're doing something together. In a, in a little square, but it's not just a meeting. So they take it out of the workspace. And so they're not only seeing each other in the squares because they have a meeting. They're doing something fun together. Um, I thought that was quite ingenious. Um, and the other things that I've, that I've and, and maybe companies were doing this before and I just wasn't aware of it, but they're, they're able to do like whole staff meetings 
regardless of where people are, right? Which allows a whole different sense of community. Everybody can hop on. Some some companies call them the town hall or some call them the huddle. Um, and so as many people as possible get into the same space that adds another layer of inclusion, right? You're hearing the same the same announcements at the same time. You're able to ask questions. You're able to unmute yourself. Um, so those are some of the things that I that I've heard that I that I really think are um, indicative of our willingness to lean into this new way of of being. Um, the other thing is, and I've just lost my train of thought. Let me think if I can get it back. Um, I had something genius to say, and it's gone. Well, it's going to come back, and maybe this will trigger it for you. Um, you shared some amazing things with me about um, what are the best ways to guide folks who don't get it, mm. right, um, towards leading from this heart space. Yeah, that that happens. That's that's a lot, right? It happens a lot that that folks don't get it. And part of the reason why I think folks don't get it is that it's easy to say, we're inclusive. Everybody's welcome here. What do you mean? Why do we have to talk about it? Why do we have to, you know, why, why is it a thing? Um, and I think depending on who you are in the world, how you show up in the world, depending on your level of power and privilege, um, it's very easy to assume that because you're having a good time, because it's it's a space that's safe for you, that everybody feels the same way. Yeah. Yes. And when we're leaders in the organization, because of our our position of power, things are usually pretty good for us. Yeah. 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 So so that's a critical piece of 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 helping leaders to understand if they don't get it to say, well, you know, you can be in the same situation as somebody having a completely different experience. How do you know that everybody's having a good time in your organization? How do you know that everybody feels a sense of belonging? Have you asked? Did you, and how did you ask? Did you ask in a way that people could be authentic in their response? You know, was it anonymous or did you pull people, you know, cause <laughs> right. And so what, what we find, which is pro- no surprise to either of you is that a lot of times leadership and management are having one experience in an organization and everybody else is having maybe not a completely different experience, but not the same experience. Right. Yeah. Trust or support or safety, inclusion, sense of belonging. Those can all fluctuate depending on our position, depending on our identities, what we're coming to work with, et cetera. Um, so, so that's the first thing, right? Under, helping folks understand that we can be having a different experience in the same situation. And then I like to have the conversation about inclusion because I think we can all go back to an experience at some point in our lives. You know, maybe some people can't, and that's awesome, where we haven't felt included, where we haven't felt a sense of belonging, where we haven't felt acknowledged. And, and if I can tap into that for folks and I, and I can say to them, and I, I do this often in workshops, what does it feel like to be included? Right. And we get the warm fuzzy and like, you know, all the lovely words that we get trust and valued and support and seen and all of that. And then I say, what does it feel like not to be included? And then we get all the other words, right? Like safe and I can't speak and nobody sees me. And and so wouldn't you want everybody in your organization to feel the first way? And it's a bit of a no brainer question, because, of course, we want that. Right. Then when we connect the two, same situation, but different experience. And isn't this what you want for folks? Now we can have a bridge about, okay, how do we, how do we make sure that's happening? How do you know that's happening? And how do we make sure it is actually happening? 
And there we're back to the heart, right? Mm -hmm. We're back Mm -hmm. to having a conversation about how it feels to walk into work every day. Yeah, the feeling. How it feels, yeah. And what we want people to feel when they're working for us, working with us. And it's only through a conversation. And I know that you try to foster those conversations. Um, hey, but what do you mean? We have these uh, meetings and and everyone, and I call on everybody. And then we had uh, this cooking thing. Um, and the person says, I don't feel it. Yeah. That's where the conversation has to begin. Yeah, and we have to start where people are at. So if if you're if you don't get it, then we have to have a conversation about okay, well, like let's start there. Let's talk about like how are you seeing this, and like maybe I can give you something else to to consider that will open up your awareness and help you see a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I just remembered what I was going to say before. May I? Yes. Aha. <laughs> um. The, the online platforms in some cases have shown us, we all, some people have virtual screens. I do not, as you can, as you can see. Um, but in some cases, it's allowed us to really see inside people's lives in a different way. And what can we do with that information? Right? It's another way that we can get to know people. It's another way that people are, are asked to be vulnerable. And that vulnerability um, feels different depending on who we are, depending on our social location. And, you know, we've had, we've seen, we've seen conversations in the media about safety at home, right? Who's safe and who's not safe in their home space and what it means for some people to not be leaving their home for five, six hours to go to work and being in the home. Yeah. Um, I started uh, quite early telling people, you know what, if you don't want to put your video on for this, it's okay. I would love to see you. You know, and if you can put your video on for a second so I can see you, so I can, you know, but there's all sorts of reasons why we may not want to or be able to have our video on at home. That's a layer of awareness and understanding and compassion that we need to have for folks so that we're not. I have found that's Yeah. So interesting. You brought that up. I personally have found that difficult and have had uh, the fortunately been able to have discussions. Well, why don't you want to put on? Yeah. help me understand there right I said my ego is so hot I want you to see my face (laughs) and you gotta understand yeah you know that's a great question and it's a question that I use often help me understand yeah or tell me more about that it's totally and that has helped helped me a lot what um now you're asked to go in and help organizations um and um those of us in the field see tons of different packages and tools that we can use. What have you found to be the best? What really needs to happen for an organization to say at the end of a year or two years, we're making a dent? Making a dent. Yeah, I'm glad you said that, a dent. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, you know, it's, first of all, it's not, I, 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 I get worried when I hear things like initiative, program, because that's not what diversity and inclusion is. Diversity, equity, and inclusion is a commitment. It's a it's a way of being and a way of leading that that we take that we that we move forward with. And we're always going to learn something new as the space becomes safer because we're having better conversations, deeper conversations, because we're raising our level of awareness. We're always going to learn something new. So it's a journey that never ends. Yeah. Right. Which is, you know, can seem daunting. And at this, at the, on the other side, it's such a beautiful experience 
to, to create spaces where people can show up as themselves and where we can um, experience the benefits that everybody talks about with diversity. The only way you experience those benefits is if you have an environment where people feel safe, where people feel valued, where people are acknowledged, where they yes. sneak up right. and you actually hear them and then <laughs> use that information to, to create change, whether that's in, internally in your environment or changing a product or changing a service or changing how you do things. Um, so I think if we, if we think about this as a journey that we're going on, um, some of the important things that, that I weave into programming is that it's not a one-off. You know, we can't come in and do a session for you on diversity. And, yeah. and, and can you do it all in an hour? But no, you know, definitely not. So that, so that, I mean, we can, we can kick you off in an hour. We can start the conversation in an hour, but, but we go into spaces where there is a commitment and a, and a strategy to roll that out and something that's going to follow us being there. Like it, it just, you can't do this as a, as a, as a lunch and learn and then we're done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't work yeah. That way. Um, leadership has to get it. We, you know, before I, before I take on a new client, I meet with the leadership team and we have to feel like we can work together over time because it's going to, it's going to be some time that we're together. Yeah. Um, so that for me, that's an important part that, that they have a chance to meet me and be like, yep, feels like we can work together. And I have a chance to meet them. And I feel like, yep, we can work together. It's a relationship we're, we're creating. Um, and then we, I like to start with leadership first when we're doing education. Cause that's my, that's where my heart is. I used to be a, a teacher. So I've taken that love of, of teaching and, and learning, um, into this work with me. Leaders need to start their learning first. We don't need to finish the leadership learning before everybody else starts, because like I just said, we're always learning, but they need a head start because once we open up the learning to the rest of the organization and people start wanting to have conversations and have questions and, and are like either excited or resistant, both sides of those leaders need to be um, leaders need to feel like they can step into those conversations with you know, maybe not 100% confidence, but enough confidence to be in the conversation, even if they say, let me get back to you, I need to think about that some more, or, wow, that's a really good question. Hmm, let's, you know, let's, let's ferret through it together. They need to be, they need to be able to step into those conversations. So we, leaders have to get it at least a little bit ahead of the rest of the organization so that they can facilitate and support those conversations and have a sense of what might be coming up for folks, because they're going to feel you know, some of the same questions or resistance or fear as, the, as their teams are going to feel. And so how amazing that they've already, that they know that that might be coming and they can, they can help support their teams in, in those inquiries. You know? Becoming familiar yes. with that uncomfortable, possibly uncomfortable discussion. Yeah. Yeah. And being and, okay with the discomfort. Uh, totally. Um, I heard one program where, uh, they took the leadership off for two days and had them go through just a series of uncomfortable discussions mm. about their biases, about someone comes in and tells you X, what are you going to, you know, just like you said, getting them prepared and then they can roll them up. Absolutely. And that's important, right? That's one of the things we look to leaders to do. Oh, how are they going to handle it? Hmm, let's... Let's watch and see what happens. Yeah. So I like, I like to do my programs over time. I like to to have like a, a, we can call it a drip perhaps, right? So I 
I have a program that runs for 10 months and we, we see them, we see each other twice a month so that you're doing a little bit of learning. You have time to absorb it. You go back into your environment. You notice things differently. You practice, you try things, you come yes. up with questions, right? And then we learn something else. And it, it's, a, it's right. That's our brain learns in bite-sized chunks over time. And, and when we practice, it gets solidified into the way that we do things and our way of being. So um, that's yeah. another key thing for me that whenever we do any type of education, we do it in chunks over time. Yes, totally. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love some of the terms that you've used um, when we <clears throat> have spoken before, and I'm sure it's in your book about making sure we understand the differences between the basics like inclusion and diversity. Make sure we know that what it really means to see someone. Right. Right. And how all of these skill sets or having these difficult conversations increases all engagement. Absolutely. No matter who and what you are. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Once we start having conversations, difficult conversations about one thing, racism, let's just say, right? Then, right. you know, I don't have to be a person of color to be like, oh, wait a second, we're talking about something hard. Maybe we can talk about the thing that I think that, that you know, is, is impactful for me. That's that right. So um, I know there's research that's been done in schools where they've had uh, gay straight alliances. Right. And they've increased LGBTQ uh, positive space. And we know from that research that once you increase LGBTQ positive space, everybody else's sense of inclusion and safety goes up. So I think as soon as we start dipping our toe into those challenging conversations, as soon as we start acknowledging that there are things to talk about that are challenging, um, we, we start to raise that level of safety for everybody. Totally. I'm so glad you gave that last example because mm-hmm. that's how you then change the entire culture. Yeah. And uh, when we have the hardest conversations and the, the, the conversations that aren't as hard are a little bit easier to have. Right. Yes, totally. Totally. Yeah. And that's, I mean, you mentioned the terminology. We, we, my personal opinion is why we haven't come further than, than I would love us to be <laughs> is because we're having a lot of conversations about the D, we're having a lot of conversations about diversity, more representation, right? More representation at all levels. And, and I totally agree. Representation is hugely important. We need to see ourselves. We need to see ourselves in different levels. If, if all of the diversity is in the front line or the, or the entry level position, and then the higher you get, there's less diversity, then we kind of wonder, hmm, is there room for me there? Can I, can I rise and can I advance in my career? So diversity is important for a lot of reasons, but if we don't have an inclusive space, that diversity just becomes aesthetic and it doesn't mean anything. It just looks right. right? So we've been having conversations about diversity for quite a while. I don't think we, well, I don't think we haven't been having conversations about inclusion for as long. We certainly haven't been having conversations about equity, which are conversations we need to have. And what does equity even mean? Well, and what does it mean, right? A lot of people, it's not about money. (laughs) It's not about equity in your home, right? We need to, and that comes back to understanding that we can be in the same situation having a different experience, right? That people's lived experiences are different. And if we don't understand that people's lived experiences are different, we can't do anything about it. Once we start to see that people's lived experiences are different and really lean into that, then we start to create environments that acknowledge those differences, that acknowledge those different needs. So the inclusion has to come first. If, if your environment is inclusive, 
which is a process, which is something we create, then when you start inviting greater diversity, folks are going to stay. Nice. Nice. Because they say, oh, right? so they're, they're seen, they're acknowledged, they're valued. Of course, they're going to want to stay. And then yes. that's when we get the benefit of diversity. Because now if you value me, if you're, if you're seeing me, if you acknowledge me, if you're aware and I feel a sense of belonging, I'm going to share my idea with you. Right. 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 I'm going to, and then, and then you're going to hear me and maybe you'll use my idea because it's fabulous. Or even if you don't <laughs> use my idea, you've heard, right. I've had a, I've had a platform to share it. I love that. The platform. So you talked, we have to have the right conversations. We need to get leaders uh, make it more of the norm and role model, you need to have these conversations. And we need to create uh, the space and structures. Um, and the statistics show that these can be separate groups that want to meet. And I've also heard that setting up groups where the main point is we have different people in the room to continually talk about differences in inclusion have been um, useful in in changing the organizations. Absolutely. I'm glad you mentioned that because, you know, we have employee resource groups. They're very popular. And it's really important for folks to have safe spaces to talk with, with people like them, right? And human beings, we naturally gravitate to people like us anyways. So employee resource groups are so, so important for support, for um, networking, for just having a place to talk and chill and and know that you get me, right? I don't have to explain the backstory. And we also need to cross-pollinate. We also need to create spaces to have conversations across those groups. Not to mention that some people fit into more than one group. Oh, oh yeah, I know. But I love what you just said. Let's just start creating cross-pollination groups. Yeah. (laughs) All right, Anne-Marie. Anne-Marie, we can go on and on uh, to a a lot of other podcasts uh, with you. Uh, Well, well, how can people get in touch with you, buy your book? Ah, Well, um, I am on LinkedIn. They can find me there. I have a website, annemarieschrouder.com. It's not very creative, but it's me. (laughs) So they can find me there and they can find my book there, Being Brown in a Black and White World. Um, Or if you're sleuthing around on Amazon or Chapters Indigo, it's there too. Fabulous, mm-hmm. Mitch. Well, thank you, thank you, Anne Marie, for um, for giving us a really good insight into diversity, inclusion, belonging, understanding, equity, and the heart, and all all of these um, all these topics. Which, um, as you point out, um, I, I think diversity is something that's easy to measure, and that's why people are not everyone's focused on it. Some are focused on it. Um, it's just when you get into understanding and belonging and equity, those are hard to measure and yeah. hard to do. And so I think as humans, we, we avoid what's hard. And what I love from this um, podcast is that to understand that the more we are inclusive and the more we're understanding and the more we're caring and empathetic, the better we're going to be as humans and the better our companies are going to be. And that's just the way it truly is. Absolutely. And we're going to have a bright, more beautiful world. So with that... He likes he likes things that end in a positive. I love form. positive things. Yes. Yeah. So, Emery, thank you so much uh, for uh, staying in Toronto, so we could we could get this done before we go to Barbados. And thank you, uh, Ginny, for uh, staying out there in Virginia. 
And for our listeners, thanks for listening. Uh, please share this podcast with uh, all of your friends, colleagues, and relatives. And we'll see you next time on our next episode of Team Anywhere. Anywhere.